Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that discusses issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jara Stone, and we are both back from a wonderful camping experience each yeah at least at least i'm guessing because i can speak for myself i can't speak for you that's true so both jara <laughs> and myself went to two different types of camps or gatherings if you will jara went to uh california witch camp which is put on by by the reclaiming uh fairy tradition people from california <laughs> And I went to the Midsummer Gathering put on by Arizona Pagan Perspective. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I, we're I, both back. Yeah, we're both back. I know I'm I'm rejuvenated and uh, reworked up Yay. a little bit. So that's it's, good. it's gonna be awesome. We definitely uh, definitely learned a lot, definitely took a new perspective on a lot of things. Well we're definitely gonna get into all oh, of yeah. that. Oh so. yeah, definitely. Definitely, 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 definitely. definitely. So I want to first thank all of our brand new listeners because me and Sound Guy T were sitting next to his computer looking at the statistics and just wow. So thank Mm -hmm. you to everybody who just picked us up during our break. Thank you for waiting it out and coming back with us after our break. Um, I hope this will help newbies understand a little bit more about what goes on at these types of gatherings or camps. Um, We're going to talk about two completely different types of organizations and two completely different types of experiences, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So um, we're just going to dive right into it. So yeah. m- literally, we're just going to interview each other. Once um, Jara's done berating me, we're going to ask Sunshine to come back in. And then Sunshine's going to help Jara explain what they experienced both at at Witch Camp. Yeah. Reclaiming Witch Camp. Because it, it, even though we went to the same camp, we were on different paths. So wow. it's uh, going to be two two different sides of it as well. Awesome. All right, so Autumn, uh, so this camp that you went to, mm-hmm. where was it? So I was actually camping up in Prescott, Arizona. It was at um, fuck. Ha. it was at Juniper Wells Ranch, and that is private owned property by two of the most extraordinary people. Um, they're both so cool individually, and then I actually got to watch them do kind of a um, blessing the earth thing not i wouldn't call it a ceremony but it was definitely a mini ritual that they have done in the past together and it was like almost a synchronized dance and it was it was very like oh you're doing a thing right next to me now whoa cool and it was just very impromptu they both looked at each other and was like we're rituals gonna start in a couple of hours we need to do this now come here oh that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it was and they have this most adorable tiny sun he was just so cute. And I'm not like a baby or toddler type person, but this kid was so cute. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So what what was the uh what was like the the main focus of the camp, I would say? Fun, really. Uh rejuvenation. Um so unlike or unlike reclaiming which camp, it wasn't like you were going there with a set 
stuff that you want to do or you don't have this thing that you're supposed to be working on the whole entire time. A lot of gatherings have just classes throughout the day and it's just an, an experience to be able to be out in the woods and in nature with other like-minded people where you get to relax and rejuvenate and enjoy yourself. So I went to a couple of different classes and uh, but for the most part just met new people reinvigorated myself, really connected deep with some earth energy, got away from the fucking heat. How, how much cooler was it than it was out here in Phoenix? So I think the warmest it got was 86 during the day and it would drop down into the 40s in the night. And I learned that my sleeping bag, which was bought when I was eight, so it is old enough to drink now, <laughs> um, is not a winter bag at all or even a cool weather bag. Which makes sense. It was bought for me for Girl Scouts and 4-H in Georgia summers, which means at night it gets down to maybe 72. So now my new my new next purchase is going to be a bag that can withstand like actual cold weather. So so were you tenting it or was it cabining? Both. Okay. <laughs> so 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 like you started started out tenting, realized you. You weren't equipped for it? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Um, so I brought my tent. I prepped myself in my tent. I slept my first night in my tent. Um, made quite painfully aware that I was uncomfortable in my tent, but quite willing to return to it if no invitation was granted. And uh, luckily, an invitation was granted to warmer weather. <laughs> Weathered sleeping. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... So like what what was your like that that first night like just 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 how cold it was what 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 did you do just so, to try to keep up I am a um I prefer to be cold but I'm always cold mm-hmm. um so my sleeping bag is not prepared for it it's like an average comforter and then I ha- I did have a flannel sheet and I knew I was going to be kind of chilly so I had uh, warmer socks which I think you should always have thicker socks anytime you go camping whether it's hot or cold because they do protect your feet and a lot of your hiking or boot socks are going to be actually better for your feet anyway even if you're sweating so little tidbit there. And so I was wearing my socks. Um, I had on leggings that were more thermal type leggings or warmer, thicker yoga leggings. Mm. Um, and I had a long sleeve shirt on. And um, when I finally put on my long sleeve shirt, I left my t-shirt that I had on on under it. So, and then I just kind of buried myself and shivered Aww. all night. It was unpleasant. And I didn't expect to be that cold, but I think because I'm now used to like, oh, it's 100 around the clock. And then all of a sudden it was cold. It was like, oh. Well, I mean, yeah, our our blood kind of thins out up here and we're really not equipped for colder weather. Well, here's the thing. We're in a valley. So not only was it colder weather, I was also at elevation. So I was like I had a little elevation sickness the first day. Um, I actually was sitting in the first class I sat in and it was the only one that on the sheet I was like, I need to go to that. And I started hitting um, dehydration, elevation sickness in the middle of the class. So I got up went to um, the restroom, drank some water from the sink, and splashed myself off. And then I went to my tent, and I ended up having to, like, completely change what I was wearing because there's – in Georgia, we call them hitchhikers. I know a lot of other people call them prickly briars, goat horns, or – it's another word for them. 
Those sticky bastards. Yeah, those sticky bastards. <laughs> there was a shit ton of them. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing shorts when I showed up. Actually, the same shorts I'm wearing right now, I know nobody else can see, but important to Jera. Yeah. And they were stuck in my socks, my shoes, and my skin was freaking out because oh. of me being scratched to hell up. So I had to go ahead and throw on some long pants and clean myself up. And it, Taking a few minutes in my tent to drink a lot of water really helped. That's good. So, and then I was fine for pretty much the rest of the week. So do, do you think this kind of was like a, um, I'd say a, a good introduction to the week? Like, like did, did it kind of prepare you mentally I guess somewhat physically for the rest of the week. Yes and no. Um, So realizing that I needed to stay hydrated a little bit more because of the elevation was important. Also, um, when I drive, I kind of forget that I have a physical body and just drive. Mm -hmm. So for two hours, I was focusing on nothing but driving. And it just reminded me that I needed to take water with me everywhere I went, which I then did. And that was the major thing that I learned in that moment after the class was, okay, now it's time to start carrying water everywhere I'm going, okay. even if I'm like two feet away from my tent. Right. So what was uh, what was your, your focus in the, the class, that, that class, I guess, specifically that you were taking? That class was essential oils, and like an intro to essential oils. And it was actually styled as a game show. <laughs> Okay. So she was asking um, questions of common things you find on the internet, uh, yes or no questions, or true and false, and it was a lot of information. I have no idea how much of it I actually retained, <laughs> <laughs> that I, I know I got 16 out of either 20 or 25 right. Okay, that, so, that's a good number. So there was a lot that I knew, but there was a lot that I wasn't aware of was false or inaccurate information being perpetrated on the internet, which I thought was very important because I do like more holistic healing and more holistic um, approaches and using herbs and stuff like that. And it's not my magical focus, but it, it was a good class to take a moment of out of my time and go and take. Nice. So what, was there anything that you uh, that you did retain that you want to share? Um, so the person who was giving the class had a specific brand of oils that she liked and she talked about a lot. And I, for the love of me, cannot remember that brand. But um, it was funny because there was a couple of times where she was like, the shit that you buy at Walmart is shit. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I kind of want to retain is that well, look at the brand of oil before you buy it especially if you're putting it on your skin or you're gonna ingest it and maybe not have that brand that you see in the grocery stores Mm -hmm. maybe look at something a little bit stronger if you're planning on ingesting or putting on your skin Um, another thing is that she confirmed one of um, the things that I've always been told is that you need a carrier oil when you put something on your skin yes and no depending on your skin because I put pure tea tree oil on my like breakout spots Mm -hmm. and my skin can handle that somebody else's burn instantly um your citrus oils you definitely don't want to do that too because they're photosensitive and the moment you're in the sun they will burn you because they will burn themselves so i guess those are important things to think about like be careful with citrus oils in the sun um obviously me being the super pale ginger that i am not happening yeah and um like test things out um another thing 
I already knew is figure out the perfect carrier oil for you. And I think Naame talked about it with us when she was on is that test out which carrier oil absorbs into your skin in a rate that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Because if it just sits on your skin, it's going to just sit on your skin and roll off. And you're not really going to get the benefits of the essential oil you mix in. If it soaks up right away and then it's gone two seconds later, you're not getting a moisturizing effect and you're, you're getting the essential oil into you too fast okay. also just because one drop is good doesn't mean 10 drops is good because you can get yourself toxic levels of an essential oil so those are things that knew or learned during that class so it just kind of kind of re-established those facts for you yes a lot of them that i either already knew it was like oh refresher course and then the other things that i didn't know it was like huh that's nice hmm. to know like Okay. I don't think anything was life and death because I'm not a huge experimenter, but if you are, I would definitely take an intro to essential oils class. Nice. What were a couple of the other like classes and stuff that uh, you kind of saw that were there that you, maybe you took, maybe you were thinking about taking or anything that you were like, uh, I probably should not take that? So Friday, I didn't show up until about noon and then I wasn't really ready to go out and adventuring until about two o'clock um there was a class at two o'clock that was basic crystal gritting and i was not prepared to do that there was also mm -hmm. a sound meditation cleansing that pretty much everyone who went to was like astonished about so much so that there was a repeat class on sunday morning mm -hmm. specifically so that the person who was offering it was able to then give it to the volunteers so that they had that chance to refresh in the gong and the sound. And when we get closer to talking about Sunday, I'll oh, actually yeah. talk about my experience in that because I did go to it. Um, let me see. Uh, there was connecting with higher guidance kind of classes, things like that. Um, there was a lot of spiritual development classes. Um, there was an intuitive writing class on Saturday. Um, and what I did go to Saturday was actually awareness with nature and forest bathing, which was put on by a very educated person who used to offer the same exact course as a like four hour course to people in the foresty for forestry business in Colorado. Hmm. And so we started out and... I hope if the person who gave this class does listen that they don't think I'm just going to dog on them. So please don't feel like I'm just dogging on you. This was my experience. Obviously, a lot of other people had a more positive experience while they were there. But at first, she gave everyone the opportunity to introduce themselves. And then more people showed up. And then more people showed up. And then more people showed up. And she kept giving all these other people opportunities to do that. And then I felt like I never really got a real definition of what is forest bathing. That I was like, all right. I'm, I stopped paying attention to her talking and started paying attention to actual nature behind her. Because we were out in a, um, like a, a pavilion outside. So there, I could see the large juniper tree that was on the property behind her. And I, I just stopped paying attention to her and was watching the birds and some other animals moving around. And I was like, yeah, I'm not getting the benefit of this class right now. Mm -hmm. So when they got up to go and do experiments, I was like, no, peace, and went my separate way. Um, so my only thing is, is like... 
I understand you want everyone to feel included, but the people who were coming up later didn't hear her say your name and maybe two things about you. So the people who were coming up late all of a sudden were like, telling my whole life story and everything about why I'm sitting right here right now. And it's like, I appreciate that. I do that in my book club where I give people the opportunity to say who they are. I cut them off if you start taking a long time. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm a heartless bitch for doing that, but nobody cares. We're all here for our own personal reasons, and they're probably extremely similar. If you want to have a one-on-one with somebody or a group, let's get to know each other thing, that's great. But that's not what class time's for. Yeah. yeah. Set set guidelines and set set rules for when it comes to things like that. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Maybe, again, I'm a heartless bitch. But if you walk up late, Sorry, we start class. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Pagan standard time doesn't work for me. Like, you have a watch. Whether you have no cell service, you still have the watch. Yeah. Um, there was also a um, healing and animal connection class, which was uh, to help you connect with your pets. So if you're having problems communicating or understanding, it was also put on by the same person who did the essential oils class. And she did a couple of animal communications. Um, I did not go to that particular class because I just never had Mm-hmm. communication issues with animals we kind of i communicate with animals better than i communicate with humans most of the time especially right now in mercury this, this retrograde is this is true i can i can attest to that thanks <laughs> so yeah actually so there was a barn cat mm-hmm. huge black cat like huge huge boy um roaming around like little kids could pick him up and walk around with him he was Aww. so chill and awesome and i found him sitting on a bench and i said hey dude can i come up and pet you and he meowed at me like yes yes you can and then rolled over immediately and was like belly in case you wanted to know <laughs> this is where i would like to be pet so i sat and chilled with him and rubbed his belly for a little while and then the moment dinner was served he's walking from table to table meow meow there was a note like when you walked in hanging up barn cats lie they've been fed and watered (laughs) it's like oh and then saturday morning where i'm sitting on the porch of the main uh, building and he comes up and i'm like chatting with people and he's in the front yard with a gopher and he's like i'll have breakfast with y'all like tearing the thing apart and eating it yum 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 when i go to leave i went to go and pet him but he was too busy cleaning his paws but there was no bones nothing he's like breakfast was delicious (laughs) and then of course he would go and mooch from people (laughs) and i'm like oh my goodness at one point it was funny somebody asked me it's like have you ever seen such a chill apex predator and i'm like yeah my house because if chair has been at my house and sound guy t has been at my house fluff or indoor outdoor i've watched him murder pigeons bigger than his head and then come in for snuggles yeah so i'm like you know i live with one of those it's about same size just orange and puffy (laughs) so but so animal control or animal communication was one of those and there was also a controlling anxiety class at one point um, that i totally missed there was another one that isn't on their online list about um becoming awakened and a couple of others with more deeper um education experiences but at that point on saturday i was pretty much just like i'm taking it all in i'm i don't need to go to another class after the first one i went to i'm just gonna enjoy my time chill and hang out with 
really cool people and migrate nice. through conversations and different groups. So, because uh, we were just talking about food and, you mm-hmm. know. The, so, what what was the, uh, what was on the menu? What was, what was... <laughs> The, the flavors and the food that was there. So they provided dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday night dinner, there was a an amusing fiasco. The first part of it was the beans. Uh, there was about five different types of beans all in crock pots. And three of those crock pots were put on the same power strip Uh-oh. in a older building on a farm way out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so... The funny part was, is like somebody walked by and be like, dude, why are the beans off? Flip the switch back on. 20 minutes later, dude, why are the beans off? Flip the switch back on. Then there was accusations. Who's going through and turning the beans off in the office? And it was just this argument. And then somebody was like, I'm just going to stand here and watched it slowly flip off. Take about five minutes and then finally flip off. And they're like... Okay, so one crock pot went over on a different power strip, and those two went, and then we had perfectly fine beans. <laughs> um, there was another fiasco involving lemon water. Okay. A volunteer was informed to make the lemonade. Uh, he was also told to make the lemonade with bricks of ice brought in by another volunteer, the lemon water, and water. So, he did not know that these giant bricks of ice were concentrated lemon juice. Frozen. So, he throws them in, puts as much lemon juice as he would want in his lemonade, and water. And then he brought it down to dinner. Oh, no. And I sat at a table that we were jokingly calling the the kids' table. It was a bunch of people in their mid-20s, late late 20s, early 30s kind mm. of thing. A couple of different parents, but their kids were off being wild children, which, oh my goodness, all the kids there were just wild children. <laughs> I loved it. Watching them run around, face painting, it was awesome. Anyway, so we're sitting at this table, we're all joking, talking, and all of a sudden somebody takes a sip of the lemonade, and they're like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> And then another sip. Uh, I can't feel my lips. And then somebody's like, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, guys? So I go up to the person who made it. And I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, I didn't know that those bricks were lemon juice. So I added more lemon juice. <laughs> Oops. Wow. <laughs> yep. So it was just, it was very amusing that night that everyone was just like, oh, no, why I'm drinking this to the point that somebody ran off to town to get beer because <laughs> they were like, nope, nope, can't do it. <laughs> and then um, right after dinner, there was story time for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, story time consisted of somebody who I would have called the high priest. I don't know this group's actual hierarchy, but because of the way that he handles himself, he's very high priest-esque, given a lot of respect in the group, and his name is Gwydion. And the story he told that night was about um, the Oak and Holly King and their fight, and a young boy named Jeremy watching this and going why are you fighting? And at one point, um, he actually stopped the fighting so that it's a peaceful pass off of the crown mount. And the god and goddess intervened during the story. I'm not going to tell the whole thing because if Mm -hmm. you weren't there, you don't get Gwydion's mastery. Um, 
master storyteller. I'll say it that way. Um, and he, uh, at the end, Jeremy was informed by the goddess and God that he's extraordinary because only an extraordinary person would ask these questions and stop this from happening. And it was a good message because at the end he was like, Jeremy was extraordinary, just like each and every one of you. And the story was so captivating that even the adults are sitting around like <laughs> slack jaw, like, Ooh. that's awesome. Yes. It was really great. And then that was when the kids were supposed to vamos because it was already at nine o'clock ish and they were supposed to go to bed and rituals were for adults. So, well, that, that was Friday. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into the rituals a little bit later. Because right. I think that, that that's going to be like the uh, the tofu of the story. I don't know. So, Friday mm-hmm. night ritual was really special. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know how we just did our whole mini soda on Hecate? Yeah. Because Hecate was supposed to be all about reclaiming witch camp. And that's yep. what the theme you went through. Guess who is in circle with us? Hecate. Uh-huh. And, and Hearn. And Hearn. Hearn and Hecate were Ooh. the god and goddess for the weekend. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. So the moment they called Hecate, I was like, ha ah! <laughs> ha! Connection. I was like, she's back. Yep. So. That's that's awesome. Yep. And then Saturday was more Mexican food. <laughs> for Since you asked about food yeah. specifically. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. So um, what, what would you say... I mean, with, with with the kids running around, like the the mm-hmm. overall feel of it, like what 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 did it bring to you? Just just seeing that type of community and being together like that. It was very peaceful. Um, it was a very safe environment. Um, Gwydion mentioned multiple times throughout the weekend. If not here, where? If not when if not now when and a lot of people took that on and a lot of people were very open kind sharing willing to share whatever they had on them at the time whether that was food water whatever occurred um it was a very safe environment a lot of people left their drama and shit at the door it was really nice to be in a space where Everybody was genuinely just happy to be there. There was no infighting. I, and I wasn't an organizer, so I don't know how much bickering really occurred. But from the people that were organizers that I spoke with, for the most part, everyone was just genuinely happy to be there. It was very midsummer. We're going to chill out and run around like crazy people, even as adults. And it was just, it was very midsummer. Nice. Very midsummer. Not, not to be confused with the movie that just came out. I have to see that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have my, my doubts about well, it. Well, I mean, I had a grump about Nicholas's, Nicholas Cage's, um, the Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. But yeah. now that I've rewatched it, I'm like, ah, if people get the wrong message from it, then screw them. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Maybe we should. Maybe, maybe we should watch it and then do a minisode on it. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm down. I'm down with that. All right. I got some passes to Alamo. I mean, you know, because I work for them, but yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> show off. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get back in because I know I, I'm, I'm kind of interested a little bit more in like the, the ritual witchy side of things that, <laughs> that happen at your camp. Um, so we'll, we'll be back and we'll talk a little bit more about that. All right. Jira, have you ever wondered if our Patreon supporters are truly getting great benefits for their money? 
Of course you do, because I've asked it at the end of every episode. Uh, that's true. Well, if you, dear listener, are wondering if you should support Millennial Pagan Podcast through Patreon, I think we should tell you why. Well, at the $1 mark, of course, you get a personalized thank you right here on the show. Right at the very end of the show, actually. Mm-hmm. And at the $5 mark, not only do you get those thank yous at the end of the show, but you also have access to a 30-minute mini-sode every month. And one of our exclusive buttons and stickers. Sent directly to your home or address that you provide to me. Yeah. Yeah. And why are those mini-sodes so awesome? Well, I think because we answer a lot of uh, interesting questions that we may not have time for during one of these shows. Yeah, and it's just us yammering on being silly. And, of course, you know, we have a lot of more bloopers that we get to show you at the end. Also, in the near future, Patreon supporters, we will have more exclusive content, and you'll also be the first to know of any changes that happen to Millennial Pagan Podcast. So if you aren't a Patreon supporter yet, why don't you go ahead and think about it and join up so you can get all these great benefits. See you next time. All right, so now that we're back, I really want to know a little uh-huh. bit more about the magical side of things, yes. the, the rituals, what kind of, what work you did, what work was done with you, mm-hmm. all, all, all that different, that, the different fun stuff. So it's a very reclaiming thing to step into ritual space and have something that you're personally working on as far as shadow work is done. Mm-hmm. It's not a normal, all over the board pagan thing especially in big group rituals which you've been to so you know that that's not always the typical point so the first ritual on friday night that i partook in um it was a little bit smaller than saturday which was a good thing but uh it ended up being that gwydion called in hern and karma so monday i would consider their high priestess called in hecate Mm -hmm. so Hecate found me anyway. And um, they started off asking everybody in the group their name and what they brought to the table or what they brought to the circle. What were they going to bring to this weekend? Why were they, um, what kind of magical gift were they going to give to the group for the weekend? And um, at the end of it, after the person was done talking, whether they were giving the gift of ear, a listening ear, or a shoulder to cry on, a hug, support, love, whatever, then Hakate and Hearn had messages for them. And so I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, oh, God, that's going to be drone and boring. It wasn't because I didn't know any of these people. So it got me a chance to meet some of these people. Yeah, at some points it was a little bit boring, but I was kind of on a magical high. It was the first time I'd been in public ritual space in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I walked in completely shields down, ready to rock and roll. And so I kind of had that feeling, that energy the whole entire time. And people really let go go Mm -hmm. and let their stuff open up and flow and um a lot of the messages were really important things for people to hear i think it really ushered in a lot of the work that was done for the rest of the weekend individually and when it got to me the things that i stated were my gifts were my voice because here on this Mm -hmm. podcast I hope that I am a voice to a lot of you guys that i'm echoing thoughts you're having or giving you ideas that I bring energy because I was I was feeling a lot of the energy. I was bringing yep. it from both sides, from down, up, everywhere, spirit and energy. And 
they are very reserved circle. You know how we're like whoop whoop in the middle of things. Like we're calling things and we're going fire, cha cha. We're going water, swoosh. They ain't like that. No. So it was very much, oh yeah, we're the Southern Baptists of the <laughs> pagan world. We're like, oh yeah, call it in. Uh huh. No, mm mm. <laughs> it, it was very, very. Um, and some of the people weren't even turning to the directions. And I'm like, turning, hands up in the air, like, cha-cha, welcome fire. And they're all like, yeah. <laughs> like nothing, like chirp, chirp. I'm like, come on, guys, get in it. Like, this is your experience. How else are you going to feel it, mm-hmm. all right? So I'm all over the place, like, I'm a reclaimer, woo! And You really brought your energy oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah, so I really brought the energy to the circle. And then my last one was bridging the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this wild and crazy imaginative wish that someday the pagan community with the power of the internet or whatever is more interconnected that we are really sharing ideas and things that we're doing and that helps when your state's different organizations talk and so when pagan pride is talking to arizona pagan perspective when arizona pagan pride is talking to arizona reclaiming group when the druids are talking with the and people are communicating then those ideas flow and we might have an opportunity where we can all be together and we can have more resources more money flowing Mm -hmm. the possibility of like actual space that we own might happen someday and so when I say I'm bridging those worlds, I, I was like, okay, I'm the only one here from Pagan Pride, Arizona, or Phoenix Pagan Pride specifically. And Phoenix Pagan Pride told me about this event. I want to be here to represent them and to say, we want you to come down for Phoenix Pagan Pride too. And it actually worked. A lot of the people who are doing businesses and stuff are going to be at Pagan Pride nice. now. I'm like, I'm going to be crazy. Like, hey, I see you all the way over there on the other side of the pride field yeah (laughs) and i'm over here at my booth see you anyway so those were the things that i said that i brought and hecate had some messages about a lot of what we were talking about was that people are not awakened to what's going on um there was mention of the indigo children have been born and are now adults yeah our generation is full of people who are considered indigo children and allowed to be the people that they are. Um, a lot of modern medicine would say indigo. an indigo child is either somebody who's extremely sensitive, possibly has Asperger's syndrome, things like that, that you could actually define has bad labels to it, but the new age community doesn't see it that way. Right. The wild children, the um, no caution parenting the or free range parenting kids are now growing up and raising their own kids and changing the world. Love so it. I love it. It was talking a lot about, well, that's what's happening. Change is coming, and we're the ones that have to do it. And so there was a lot of um, being here and seeing people not sleep, not being awakened and sleeping through their lives and saying, okay, well, here I am, loud and clear. I'm going to talk. If you want to listen, I'm right here. And that's kind of what Hecate's message was, and that um, being an empath and being open, I did not realize how many shields I let down during that weekend. And just all that kind of was mentioned and brought up and very welcoming 
ritual and open and later on the person who was standing directly next to the next day was like dude you made ritual so much better thank you and i'm like sorry i was kind of all over the place she's like no it was great it made it that much better and i'm like thank you spreading the energy yeah and a lot of other people were talking about like they haven't been to something yet Mm -hmm. that really spoke to them so having that kind of experience was important to them that's good. And then the second ritual for Saturday night was a healing ritual. So after the circle was open in Gwydion, only open circle in Old Norse. So that was fun. So there was a lot of things going on in that whole weekend, magically speaking, mm-hmm. that really spoke to me as a magical person. Like nothing was unfamiliar, or strange, or new and bizarre. It was all very much things that I'm looking into or dabbling into and touching and feeling and it was very tactile i guess (laughs) for me and so he opened the circle and was like anybody who knows of somebody who needs healing we're gonna build that bubble and then we're gonna send it to them and uh we've done that in reclaiming that's Mm -hmm. a very common ritual to do and then of course it was healing the earth sending that energy back to the earth and something that was very important for them, because a lot of the people who make up Arizona Pagan Perspective have been ritualing on that property for years. They open the circle because a lot of new people need to feel the circle brought up. But the circle's never closed on that property. Mm-hmm. And the people who own the property are magical people. So it's kind of the it, it's sacred space, period. You walk into it, and it's sacred space from the beginning. Nice. And there is a labyrinth there, and it's just almost built like it's exactly for what we were doing there. The whole property. And the large juniper tree on the property is the heart of the property, and there's multiple little altars around the place or things that are built to be, like, visual, but they're really just different altar spaces. Mm -hmm. So it was very awesome to be on that property and be there and experience that. And the waters are well water and it's just so clean compared to Phoenix water. I took a shower and I was like, I'm going to braid my hair and my hair has to be somewhat wet for it to stay in a braid or it just all falls out. It was dry before my clothes were on. I'm like (laughs) trying to braid it like no. And it's like super fine, baby soft because it's like, I love this shit. Look at all the minerals I just soaked up. And I'm like, Fucker, get in the braid. I nope. can, I, I can, I can attest to that with, uh, with what we experienced up in, mm-hmm. up in California too. So yeah, because I have that thin, soft hair that already. So and having so much of it, and it's just like, <laughs> the moment it has like real nice water to it. Yeah. So that was it. Was just very amusing from just taking a shower, being a religious experience to anything really and then there was a hand fasting and the hand fasting was between the high priestess karma and her mate um it was very well there was three hand fastings the one i witnessed was this particular one and everybody was given a candle we walked through the labyrinth and then we sat in the center of the labyrinth to witness and it was just one of those magical moments that was the most beautiful ritual i've ever witnessed um these two people obviously love and adore each other everyone was there already in magical thinking and magical space we just healed the earth and 
all of us were full of that love of healing the earth and the love of being in this area and just it was really gorgeous like it just really was they jumped the broom Mm-hmm. They um, tied their hands, and what was awesome was they took their cord and made it not magic first. So for their knots, they put in their intention for their marriage, for their year and a day that they were going to spend for each other, for their life, for their home, their family together, and binding not only their hands but those intentions into mm-hmm. the cord first and then binding it into their hands together it was just very beautiful it's awesome and with the full galaxy view in the sky <laughs> and oh it was awesome and so then uh they did give each other vows or tell each other um different affirmations of love and respect jumped the broom and that was that that's awesome. It was. It was very gorgeous. They both dressed very similarly. Um, they both had the same type of silk skirt on and just beautiful people being in love together. It was awesome. That's awesome. And sharing that with the community for us to witness was just, it was very powerful. It was a very powerful hand fasting. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. That, that that type of experience. I mean, I haven't I haven't witnessed a, a full out hand fasting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that would definitely be the way to see it, right? Oh, yeah. it was it was really awesome. It was yeah. really great. It, it just affirmed that that's something that I would like to do in my lifetime because I already wanted to do it in that in in the fashion of camping outdoors, hand fasting with people that I love surrounding me. But that just, it really affirmed it in my Mm -hmm. mind that that's the way to go. That's the real, natural. The way to do it. Yeah, the real way to do it, so. Before before the goddess and before nature and before just all the the magic, the magical entity to be able to imbue it. Especially, I love that they did the knot magic. Yes, that's what I loved. Because I've seen other ones where mm -hmm. they just take the cords and the cords mean something. But starting out with using the cords as a knot magic Mm -hmm. cord was just like, boom. Which is because, I mean, we're going to talk about a little bit uh, during the next show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually had my first experience with knot magic as well. Cool. and, There's so much symmetry oh, going yeah. on. And I mean, that's kind of, it hasn't left my wrist yet, mm-hmm. but it's uh, definitely something that knowing, knowing what it is and knowing what the intention is, it, the, the use of it is mm-hmm. now, it just hearing about that just makes it even more special. Right. I love it. So you have more knowledge about not magic mm-hmm. yourself now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So do you have any other questions, comments, concerns? <laughs> Um, I mean, one, one of the biggest things that, I mean, just, just comparatively, uh, with, with what we experienced at, at, at California Witch Camp, mm-hmm. um, my, my big thing is with the community, how, how inclusive was it? Were there gender fluid people? Were there all, all that in there together? And were there any was was there any of course yeah. oh yeah oh yeah no um there were people of all types of perspectives um somebody 
came to sit with me and another friend that I was talking with and was like, oh, well, you have a friend. Because I was sitting by myself at first at the table, at the dinner table. And so he was moving specifically to give me somebody to talk to. And somebody else sat down in front of me specifically to talk to me. He's like, oh, you have a friend now. Don't worry about it. And I made the <laughs> joke that I said, well, what if we learn that we're, one of us is a trumpeter and then it's awkward? Go ahead and sit. And he's like, and like, I watched the guy in front of me's face fall like, oh, why did you say that? And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and yes, this gentleman was a Trump supporter, but it came down that he's kind of a um, chaos mm-hmm. magic type person who is also anarchist so against government to begin with so i was like all right all right from there i can i can understand it from there Mm -hmm. but and then he started asking some like political questions and i was just all like laughing like i don't i don't want to have these conversations here right now (laughs) dude like this is not the intention of my dinner and it was just funny because other people were walking up and like women have a choice and shit like that i'm like i'm not getting berated i don't care i'm not yeah like whatever it's so, not bothering me. So he he was a supporter, but he was able to have a yes. civil conversation with yes. people. Yes, he was he was wanting to ask questions and try and bridge gaps and understand things. And it was, I thought that was very important. Yeah. So that was that was a very amusing moment because I I just watched the whole why don't see that because I already knew the person who was sitting in front of me even said he was a, a liberal leaning mm-hmm. person so it was like i was making a joke and then suddenly i, I shut my foot in it <laughs> but, but but it's it's good to know that it was all inclusive yes that, yeah that's the that's the main thing especially with community yeah and there was gender fluid people there mm-hmm. um i made i guess it's not necessarily the mistake but i still apologized for calling somebody who i did not know um pronouns female and then learning later that they do not use gender pronouns and mm-hmm. they were like didn't tell you so don't worry about it and i was like okay but i still feel kind of bad <laughs> yeah that, and that's that's something that a lot of people that does happen mm-hmm. and happen happen at camp too so and of course there was lgbtq people mm-hmm. there and just living their best lives that's it was good. awesome that's good so if you could just wrap up the the whole camp experience in a couple of sentences Ooh. I, I know i know this is one of those those difficult I just things. did the whole thing <laughs> i mean it's so, something that if if you wanted to not not necessarily sell somebody mm-hmm. but tell somebody about this experience but you only had maybe 30 seconds to say it um, what would you say see i can't do it that way like mm-hmm. I, if i had to tell a newbie why they should go to a gathering do you want to meet people or not? Do you want to meet community? Do you want to learn something about other parts of paganism or not? Because that's what's going to happen. Do you want to feel uncomfortable in ritual or not? I mean, you got those options. Do you like to camp or not? I mean, like all the things I've already talked about either on this episode or the previous episode. So you, you need to really think about it because it's a weekend commitment. Mm-hmm. And if you walk away from it, you might be giving yourself a harder recovery time than completing it. Um, 
a word of uh, wise wisdom. Do not leave until you feel you have completed everything you need to do there, mm -hmm. or you will have a harder recovery time, as uh, some of you've read in my blog. Um, soak it the fuck in. Take your time. If you're not ready to go to a class, don't go to the class. I mean, a lot of those classes that are offered there are going to be introduction classes. Things that you can either request be repeated at your local store if you have a local store or might be offered at next year or next Sabbath or something similar will come up or you can find a book or you can find whoever put on that course and ask them, where can I get information? I couldn't go to your class. You have other options than having to sit through a class if that's not where you in your heart, brain, or physically can be in. Um, that's why I wasn't concerned about getting up and going to the bathroom during an Essentials Oils 101 course because the person who was putting it out already said they had handouts at their booth for anything that they were talking about that day. So it's just don't fight to go to everything. Um, don't fight to go, like, try to go to something. Try mm -hmm. to learn something. Don't just sit in a hammock all day unless that's exactly what you came for. Um, don't limit yourself to the people you already know. Get to know other people. I have this really great way of floating through conversations and groups and different people and uh, learning different things. And I don't limit myself by age group um, because you never know. You might walk into a conversation with people who are 20 years older than you talking about something that has been on your mind for years mm -hmm. and you need to talk to somebody about it or they might be willing to teach you something or you walk into the group of kids talking and doing doing something and you might want to be face painted by one of these munchkins or <laughs> run around being Indians and cowboys with some of these munchkins. You never know. I mean, and don't be afraid to take a time out and hang out with a barn cat mm -hmm. <laughs> or meditate in the forest by yourself. Um, do what you need to do. It's your time there. Um, if you feel unsafe, that's when I say it's time to go. Um, I don't know. If I had to sum up my experience, it was a re refresh. It hit the refresh really hard because I was noticing the week afterwards I was getting to work a little bit earlier. I was putting up with people's attitudes a little bit better. Um, I was more positive myself. Um, it also jump-started my heart uh, in a way. <laughs> um I have been trying online dating for a while. I've been just putting myself back out there a little bit more. And it was disparaging. Online dating sucks. Yes, yes, I, it does. I have I have put a lot of work in myself in these past three years to get to know who I am and what I want out of a mate. And I've kind of put a limit on bullshit I'm willing to deal with. And I got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to find somebody who's going to intrigue me in the same way that other men have intrigued me when I was younger and more naive. And I experienced meeting somebody who intrigued me enough to the point where I was like, oh, they do exist. <laughs> so I, um, it did jumpstart my heart and made me yeah. realize that, you know, I'm deleting Bumble and any of those other apps because I'm just not finding it there. 
I gotta find it organically. That's just how I'm gonna have to do it and be patient, I guess. Nice. Taught me some patience. So that is my experience at Mm. Arizona Perspective, Pagan Perspective's Midsummer Gathering. And we're going to end here for today. In two weeks, you can listen to our next full episode where Jarrah and Sunshine talk about their reclaiming which camp experience in Northern California. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So some things I want to talk about before we end the episode. Mercury's in retrograde. What the fuck? Again? Until August 1st. So if we sound like crap, sorry. How, how, okay, so how many how many times is that this year? I don't want to talk about it. I know, right? I already have a headache thinking about it. Um, August, not August, July 16th is another eclipse and the full moon. Ta-da. Wow. Get ready for it. Another eclipse. Yeah. Also on the 28th or 29th, because I'm hearing misconstrued information, there will be a meteor shower, so... Go see yourself up in some stars mm. if you can. Get out of the light pollution. Yep. And I want to thank our Patreon supporter, Sabrina. Yes. Thank you, Sabrina, for uh, for contributing and being a part of the, of the family. And again, thank you to all our brand new listeners. Hope we're not ridiculously stupid. And if we are, we hope that you love us anyway. Yeah. So, Jared, <laughs> where can they find you on Facebook? I mean, the interwebs. Well, of course, uh, they can find me uh, on my Instagram at Haggard underscore Haggard underscore cosplay. Uh, And, of course, on Twitter, uh, Jera underscore stone. Uh, And then, you know, just around on Facebooks. Yeah. If if you find me on those on uh, at least on the Instagram one, you could probably find me on my Facebook as well. Yeah. So you can find me on WordPress at Iron Wolf Circle. You can also find me on Twitter at Autumn Wolf, Facebook at Autumn Wolf, and Instagram, it's Millennial Pagan Pod, or Pagan Pod, I think. It's one of those. Pagan Pod. Pagan Pod. Instagram's Pagan Pod, but that's the podcast, so that's my only Instagram. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook at Millennial Pagan Podcast, and on Twitter at Pagan Pod. Yeah, so from all of us here at Millennial Pagan Podcast, Merry Merry Meet. Meet. Mary Mary part part and and Mary Mary meet meet again. again.